What you're about to listen to was originally broadcast on 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia. For details, go to the website 98five.com. And a very good morning and welcome to the studio, Daniel from Collective Shout. How are you, mate? Good. It's great to be back in Perth. I sort of got you a bit, a bit off guard there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting up to speed being back here. Well, we have been talking on the phone for the last few weeks because you have been travelling down the east coast of our nation. Uh, it's good to have you back in the studio. And today, what are we going to be talking about? I guess I'd love to be able to touch on the great feedback that we've had and the message about what do young men need to hear in these times? because they're dealing with temptation, they're dealing with a lot of poor male role models in media, in sports, in pop culture. So what do we need to affirm in them and what do we need to challenge and, and help them aspire to something better for their lives? Love it. Back after this. Daniel is with me from Collective Shout. Uh, Daniel, can you just do a bit of a recap on, for those listening today, that who is Collective Shout and what do they do? What are they about? Yeah, thank you so much mm. for that opportunity. So Collective Shout, an incredible grass, grassroots movement that I'm privileged to be a part of. I'm their first male employee, but the women that have gone before me have really taken up the charge to challenge sexploitation, which means the sexualization, the pornification, the objectification of women and girls in culture. Mm-hmm. And they look at the harms of that to people's body image, mental health, to our relationships, to respect and, and, and what is actually going on beyond our own uh, Australian landscape in the mm-hmm. world in terms of how people are actually exploited for some of this material. Now, Collective Shout have had some, some wins, haven't they, over, over the last few years. Could you just maybe touch on a couple of those? Sure. There's been some extraordinary wins. They had a recent one, and it's awful to even talk about some of these things on radio, but mm. there was a recent one, pretty much um, a, a T-shirt company that had horrific slogans. Let's just leave it at that. And okay. they, were, they were selling these T-shirts and promoting stuff that is criminal. It's, hmm. th- there's no way around it. They're absolutely criminal. And the team, the campaign team, launched. And, and within a week, all of these T-shirts were taken down off the internet, which wow. was just extraordinary. But some of the big ones is holding people like Alibaba to account on some of their content, some of their material that they're selling. And for anyone listening, I'd love you guys to jump on the Collective Shout website. We mm-hmm. have an ongoing campaign against Etsy at the moment, which is obviously known for its cutesy and crafty items. But they sell some absolutely awful items that trivialize and normalize things that should have people in jail so we would encourage you to sign up i'm not going to mention what they are at the moment on on live uh, radio but yeah now you've just been traveling through uh, down the east coast of uh, australia talking to a whole bunch of different uh, mainly young lads in schools yeah, whoever whoever I have the privilege to speak to, but definitely the young boys. And I was yeah. at, I was in the regions. I'd never been to Townsville before. Okay, was six hours inland from Sydney, and so yeah, dealing with a lot of boys with a lot of mullets, which was exciting. <laughs> the boys, and the their mullets, mullets are back. Or maybe they didn't go out over in uh, Yanko and Narandra and other places that I visited. So the feedback you're getting. Um the, the reaction and feedback from, from young lads in regional areas compared to what you have been doing in the city, no different? Uh, in some ways, I find them for, far more refreshing. They're pretty forthright. Yeah, yeah they're less performative. They're, they've never heard this kind of challenge before to some of the dominant narratives. And, and, and we use the language of porn culture. So, yeah. again, attached to the sexualization, pornification of just everything in culture where we've normalized all these things. And so these young men hadn't heard a pushback. They hadn't heard a challenge to this and how it's not helping their own well-being and it's not helping them form healthy relationships and, and relate well in the world. 
Mm. Daniel, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll start talking about what young men need to hear. And Keating there, loving each day. I hope you're loving today. You are on 98.5 Weekdays with Mike. Daniel is with me from Collective Shout. Uh, we're going to be chatting about what young men need to hear. You don't, you don't sugarcoat this stuff, do you? When you go out and talk to mainly teens in, in schools, you just, you just uh, cut to the chase, don't you? That's right. And as far as I know and as far as they've told me, they appreciate it. So yeah, yeah I... Which is good feedback, right? Yeah, I, I take that and I touch base with the teachers afterwards and, and get their feedback on it all. But, you know, these, these are serious issues and it's so normalized that sometimes you need to jar them and it's not about condemning them. But I actually start with my own story, my own journey of being exposed to pornography when I was younger and then how that impacted me and how I had to unlearn the messages of pornography that have gripped the hearts of far too many people in society. Mm. So what sort of things, uh, what sort of things would you say? Young men need to hear. Sure, sure. So what I want them to understand is that it's normal to be interested in sex. It's normal to have desires. And again, depending where they are developmentally, it's all at different times. But I want them to know that that is okay. But how they may be learning about sex and relationships and bodies in this current culture is not necessarily helping their own mental health, their own body image, their own self-esteem, and definitely not helping them in terms of understanding potentially the other sex and understanding relationships. Because what they're learning, and especially if the average age of exposure to pornography is about 10, 11 at this particular point... I still have trouble believing that. It's, 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 I know it's, you've said that a few times. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. So I want them to understand what's normal and then I want them to understand how the culture around them is not helping them become good young men and make good decisions. And so I want them to see that they're actually preyed on by an industry and by pop culture that doesn't fuel uh, and appeal to their best instincts. Is this the first time they're hearing it as, as raw as that from someone like you? I get told that, but I guess yeah. I don't know. And um, I share my own stories and then I speak with them about the stories that we hear going on in other schools, right? Yeah. And, you know, some days I think to myself, am I really going to ask this group of year seven, eight boys these particular questions? And it's about sending naked images, selfies, these sorts of things. And I ask them, boys, have you heard stories like this before? And, and even questions like, oh, have you heard stories about, you know, Tiffany's 14 chatting to you online? And then you actually find out Tiffany's Barry and he's 50 years old from the suburb next door. And they nod at me and they know these stories. So they're aware of predators. They're aware of being asked or being sent images that they don't want to see or feel that they have to. Uh, And in particular, young women being bombarded with these sorts of things. So you kind of think, am I really going to talk to 12-year-olds about this sort of stuff? And they're, for the most part, they're all aware of it. This is tragically, and I'm so sorry to say this to our listeners, this is the cultural landscape that they're growing up in. Mm. And they're having to show so much resilience to get through this, but it's trying to help them realize that this isn't okay. And it's not okay that we've, in a sense, as a society, put the profits of the porn industry ahead of the rights of children. Mm. Daniel, we'll take a break. We'll come back and chat some more. On 98.5, this is Weekdays with Mike. Daniel from Collective Shout is with me. And uh, good morning, uh, another Daniel from Willerton. You've got a question for Daniel this morning. Hey, morning, Daniel. Congrats on the great name. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got three kids and two of them are high school, one in year 10 and one in year 7, and they do not have phones. Um, I'm very aware of what's, you know, what comes to the phone, like right? the social media and all that. Mm-hmm. And the question I'm about, about to ask 
um, you know, it's a, it's a hard question. I'm not going to, you know, hold it against you for your answer. But what, in, what, in your opinion, do you think uh, is a good age for a teenager to have a phone, knowing that, you know, their friends there are there, they need to chat with their friends socially, at the same time, that all the rubbish that, you know, we know that's online. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, 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 hey Daniel, just uh, before Daniel chomps in, did you say year 10? Yeah, year 10. Is that, is so, seven. okay, is that unusual? Are they in the minority? I think so. He's probably okay. one or two in the whole entire year. No phone. Mm. I was going to say the fact yeah. that you've managed to hold off in year ten is uh, is quite extraordinary. That's quite impressive, and I guess that you guys have a, an open discussion about why that is and the reasons why. Yeah. Uh, obviously, as you've already alluded, there is no prescriptive answer. Uh, some of the suggestions and some of the quick advice is is you know about is a dumb phone the alternative than a smartphone? Well, you know, just, adults are looking at that. Yeah, just as a mm. you know as a simple thing without the distractions, and I think other distinctions that I'm sure you know I'm just explaining the obvious to parents is that it's like the parent owns the phone it's not the child's phone because sometimes what happens is even the schools will, will supply children with ipads or with computers and, and the kids think it's theirs, so therefore they can do whatever they want with them and i think making that distinction that if you're the one paying for the wi-fi and paying for the phone yeah. and the bills then you own the phone and they're actually using it and therefore yeah. there's some sort of accountability then there's there's great obviously software that you can install on your home and in in for phones and for for, for the internet as well mm. uh, that people can use so like family zone is something that we recommend as, as yeah. a, to keep protection for for schools for families so these are some of the options there is obviously no specific age and I think it needs to be an important conversation the advice that myself and my colleague Melinda Sankard Reister always give to parents is just to hold out as long as possible and I think to have p- parental relationships where everyone's in it together a little bit so that you're not the outlier but well done Dan on actually keeping it that long <laughs> Hey, hey, Daniel. Yeah, the, hey. Pressure, the pressure we're facing. The pressure we're facing now, the year seven girl. She goes like that. All my friends are talking on, and I go to school, I miss out on what they're chatting about. And it's just really, you know, it's pressure. <laughs> yep. How long, how long do you reckon you can hold, a, hold off for with your uh, son in year 10? It's getting... getting um, he, he asks every now and then, but it's not very persistent, you know, not like the girl who's asking every other day. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's really quite, you know, it's a lot to think about. And I told her, I said, look, man, I can give you one, but I, it, it's hard for me to reverse things, you know, and I don't want to damage, you know. That's great advice. And everything that we have. In, I think that'll be great encouragement for other parents, Dan, in your situation too. Yeah. Well, Daniel, well done for uh, holding it. Year 10 and mm. year 7, um, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, most... Even starting high school, would that be fair to say? Most kids would. Yeah, would, most would, kids from kind of 10 and up, it seems, already have smartphones in most schools that I go to. Is that, is that a big... Is that the, the the key, do you think, with all of what's going on? Can I tell one great story? Yeah. So we were in Inverell. Yeah. I'd never been there before. Where's, and, it? Where's that? Oh, I don't what, know. What, Three what, hours so south of Toowoomba. I don't know. Five okay, and a half okay. hour drive from Brisbane. I don't know. My yeah. geography's not great of New South Wales, but I got there. <laughs> yeah. And the principal actually had these magnetic pouches and all the students had to put their phones and, uh, in these pouches for the day. Yeah. Get this. How's this for transformation? He said that the teachers got back 15 minutes every hour, not a day, every hour, every class. There was no. an extra because of not having to manage phones going away and the distractions. And he said fights in the playground, bullying went down because there wasn't all this stuff getting turbocharged on text, on messenger. 
on apps. And he said, and then we heard, who would have thought, playing in the playground and on the sports field. No. Amazing. Wow. So we just were like in awe of this principal for having the gumption to just do this and make it happen. And to the well-being of the students, both academically, you know, sports participation and relationally in the playground. I just think to myself, this is a no-brainer. But there is pushback, you know, from the students and sometimes even from the parents. But... I think that the, the results speak for themselves, and other schools are now looking into that. I that surprises me because my understanding was that most schools already have policies regarding no phone in the classroom, but that's not that's quite not the case. That's not the case. Not so always. Fifteen minutes from an hour. That's what he that, said. That's what he said. Wow, that's incredible. Um, Daniel, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Who would have thought kids in the playground just just playing, having fun, building relationships, getting to know their other. Their, 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 their other students. Incredible. That was a good call from uh, Daniel. Now, you mentioned earlier about um, about the way you challenge um, a lot of the teenagers when you go out and give talks in the schools. What, what, what sort of challenges do you throw out there for these kids? Sure. So we, we talk pretty openly about mental health. And previously in work, I used to work in suicide prevention campaigns. So it's something that I have experienced and seen in my own personal life with with people that I've known, but then Mm. also worked on it in a professional setting and then want to encourage these young people to think think about this, and especially for young men, given that it's the highest cause of death in 16 to 25-year-old men Mm. in this country. Mm. So we talk about it, we anchor it in the facts, but then it's not just are you aware of this, it's would you you be the type of person that you'd recognize if your mate was struggling at home, at school, in his relationships? Would you encourage them to get support or would you throw them under the bus like are you safe are you someone that your mates could trust and so that's that's one of the challenges in that space and and the flip side as well is is with women and and the experiences that they're having in schools because you know the sexual assault crisis in schools is all across this country it's actually extraordinary what what we unfortunately have to hear and Mm -hmm. what is going on in the mandatory reporting and so the challenge for boys is like are you going to be safe are the women and girls in your life going to experience you as a safe and trustworthy person? Or are you going to give them the ick? Are you going to be a creep? Are you going to be someone who who they know that they have to be wary of at hang, parties? Hang, hang on a sec. What did you say, ick? The ick. What, what's that? The ick. You give me weird heebie-jeebie vibes. You're a creep. Oh, uh, is, that, is that teen lang- language? I don't know, but it's something okay, that ick. comes up, the ick. Yeah, so right. it's like you make okay. me feel icky. Oh, right. Yeah. So mm. it's like, are you, are you going to think about who you are and how, how you act in the world? And so that's a, a real challenge for them because we talk about showing courage and we talk about how we celebrate that in Australia, in the sporting fields and military mm. accomplishments. And, mm. you know, that's great. And I'm all for that. But I said, you know, I want to start celebrating the courage of our young men to disrupt these harmful cultural messages, to actually rise above the bystander kind of effect that lures them into the pack and, and actually speak up for one another, speak up for what's right, challenge some of these narratives that aren't actually helping them and are certainly making it an unsafe experience for some of the marginalised kids and, and, and in particular for young women. Does it often just take one in a group, Daniel, just to say, yep, I hear what you're saying and I'm going to... Like, does that... Yeah, you're sort of waiting for someone yeah, to and I, and I do that. So sometimes they're the a bit shell-shocked. And I said that to the last group. I said, oh, you guys... 
this is the quietest group of year nine, ten boys I've ever encountered. And sometimes I think if you're stepping on toes and challenging certain things, I, I understand why that could be. But yeah, once one of them comes forward and speaks up and then I obviously affirm their insights or their authenticity or or their vulnerability, then then it kind of gets the room rolling and it just it just spirals spirals in a really good way from that point onwards when they mm. own up to some of the stuff that isn't going well or how they'd like it to be so one of the most beautiful questions and i don't often take the groups together but in this set of circumstances i had the young men and the young women together and i asked the young men do you think it's tough to be a young woman in this culture and they all said yes mm. and i turned to the young women and i said what's that like to hear that acknowledged and that meant so much to them because in my slides, we already there's a slide that comes that is actually the young women acknowledging that the boys have it tough too and they're under pressure. Mm -hmm. So the women already have extended that olive branch. And again, I'm trying to get them to humanize one another, to be peacemakers, to step into each other's experiences, uh, which I think is going to make it a lot harder for them to treat each other poorly when they recognize some of the challenges they're all facing. Mm -hmm. um, but then it just frees them up. And, you know, the, one of the best bits of... Like, the, best moment I had was after this last talk I had this young man come bounding up to me saying I'm quitting porn I'm quitting porn in front of everyone like it was extraordinary wow. and I thought I've never had that happen to me before like I have young men coming up to me saying I need help I want to get yeah. off this stuff it's harming me I can see it's impacting my mental health and my relationships but this was extraordinary well you would expect that that would have a ripple effect yeah. throughout that class yeah i hope so i heard from so many young men after that talk saying that they're rethinking porn and porn use so mm, so good daniel we'll take a break we'll come back and uh we shall wrap things up daniel just to finish off today for those listening that that are thinking mm, would love you to come to my school or my kids school or my grandkids school to to give a talk that you do what can uh, what can people expect and what sort of what would they need to do i guess yeah great question so best thing to do to find out more information is go to the collective shout request a speaker page and then that will get you in touch fill in your details and you'll probably get a call from me at some point in the next week or so mm. and we talk it through and i just give an overview of how we structure it uh, how we endeavor a full day to go whether it's with one year group doing an intensive or just doing a presentation for all the year groups so the whole school's on board and we also speak to staff and we also do parent community sessions as well because we want to take a holistic approach so everyone's on the same page everyone has access to the appropriate resources for whether they're a student a teacher or a parent caregiver and so that's our approach and obviously we our distinct message and where we try to bring this conversation is yes we touch on body image we touch on mental health we touch on respectful relationships we touch on consent however we do this through the, a, a porn critical and a sexualization critical lens. So we look at how does this sexualized culture impact all of those things. So that's our distinct approach. And the global research suggests that we have to tackle this problem for the well-being and the future relationships of our young people. So that's mm -hmm. our distinct message. Yeah, so important. So it's pretty flexible then. So you could, you would either talk to either uh, several classes at once in a bigger group, mm -hmm. or depending on the school, you could then break it down into smaller workshops. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It just depends. Yep. So that's really gets back to the school to make that decision. Yep, that's yeah. right. And the same with the parents' talks and all those and, and teachers depending on their school timetable, I would imagine. That's right. And how much room they've got would, be, would dictate what that would look like in, in school. And, and high schools? Is that High schools and primary school as well. So we speak from year fours upwards, and obviously it's age appropriate, and we talk to them about their bodies and 
and yeah, making sure that they respect themselves and how they treat one another. And it's obviously age appropriate. But yeah, in terms of actually talking about some of these more frank conversations, we're, we're talking about that from year seven upwards. Okay, so the four to, years four to six is a different is a different com- conversation compared to once you're in year yeah. seven and up. Yeah, and then by the time they're in senior, I don't hold back at all. Wow, it's just full on kids. This is how it is. <laughs> this and, is this uh, is it, and they and they know. Like they yeah. don't come up to me, yeah. and they're like, "Wow." They, they usually say, "We've never had someone talk so honestly about pornography and its harms because no one's told them." The culture's lied to them. Do you think the billion-dollar porn industry is telling them that, by the way, this is going to completely uh, undermine your your healthy, emotional, physical, spiritual, sexual, relational well-being? No. Important for the year 12s? So important for the year 12s. They're going to become adults. They're going to go on and have careers. And, and, you know, I ask people, do you want the future judges, teachers, police officers, uh, whoever, swimming coach, footy coach, being someone whose whole worldview is shaped by a pornified culture. And of course, Mm. they say no. Mm, That's good. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, Let's catch up in a couple of weeks and we'll continue this conversation. Thanks, Mike. My guest in the studio this morning has been Daniel from Collective Shout. And if you want to get some more details, uh, you can head online to our website, 98five.com, and you can follow the links there through to Collective Shout. Good morning. You are on 98.5. For more details on this and other programs, contact 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia, or visit the website 98five.com.